0: Jim Joyce
1: <laughs> happy Wednesday man happy Wednesday
0: happy happy Wednesday um and it's uh it's refreshing to actually be like on zoom and seeing people um versus uh, I don't know just like being on clubhouse have you
1: jumped on this thing <laughs> right, right right I listen to <laughs> the, like you've got me into it now but talk to me about clubhouse <laughs> so Dr. i've been okay i will admit
0: and i'm sure my family will listen to this um i've been sneaking in between calls um in the morning i jump on a treadmill all of a sudden so i can yeah. be on the clubhouse i walk the dog i'm i join in these like random thoughts and uh, r- random rooms uh, but right. not random they're like interesting right like there's a podcasting which you and i should join these podcasting rooms by the way right because we're like right. pros i was listening to some of this yeah. um and it's a great way to discover uh people. So I you know, I'm I'm not convinced on I that they're gonna survive as its own company for a
1: long time. I think right. Salesforce or you know, slash Slack. I listened to like the- I was kinda like, What is this about? I didn't quite get it. And then next thing I know, I was listening to like an hour of like slam poetry on Sunday night, you know. See?
0: It was like,
1: people were bearing their souls to me and I was listening, jamming. It was awesome. It was awesome. awesome. There was,
0: I I joined for like five minutes. (laughs) Somebody was joking. uh, Like, it's like, you can test your jokes in that room. So you should join that one as well. Since you're you're like like it. (laughs) Um, but, uh, anyway, so I know this, this is going to be for our listeners slash viewers is going to be a little different. So I know Marty, um, uh, from health Excel, uh, put out some predictions and then he said, Hey, I would love some feedback from Francesca. He tagged then Robert Garber. And, uh, guess what? Um, we are going to gather them. So I'm letting them all in. It's going to be mess. This is the first time we're doing this. This is an important
1: episode, I'd say. You know, this is this is a, a critical episode. Um,
0: For, making, first, making first, I it. do. Wa, wa, Marty looks so professional wow. in some in some corner, and Francesca and <laughs> I look Robert. like a hologram. <laughs> hey, you exactly. Martin, so be, 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 before <laughs> be, before first, we, we dive in. No, no, no. Before we dive in, because we started, we were chatting already for a few minutes uh, before we let you guys in. And we were talking about at least my addiction to Clubhouse. How many of you guys are know about it or been on it? I mean, if we don't talk about
2: it. No idea. I, All right. I,
3: we'll we'll, we'll I, give you a lesson. I know, Eugene, you've been trying to get me into it. So after you texted me earlier this week, I've been trying to check it out. I, I don't have enough hours in the day. I
0: know, I know. But I was joking. <laughs> I was joking around. The
3: problem is, it's scheduled. Like, I see things scheduled, and I'm like, well, that's not going to work.
4: But it's Eugene's way of having multiple conversations because he only has so many hours in the day, right? So rather than (laughs) having a one to one -one with me, he does it. And then he does it in such a way as other people, he gets the social media lift off. And so it's genius. genius. Does
3: this make Eugene feel productive?
4: Yeah, <laughs> it, it does.
0: Okay. I, I, I end up optimizing my time. And again, I am sure the family will listen to this episode, even though they stopped. Okay. I, I went this weekend because I was almost ashamed how much time I'm spending on it. I said, hey guys, I'm going on a terrace and I'm going to do treadmill and, and run. They kind of looked at me weird, but I really took that opportunity of 74 minutes being on the treadmill
1: uh, and being on Clubhouse. So just FYI. Yeah, he's he's been telling his family that he's going to take a smoke break to go on Clubhouse. You know, that's his, <laughs> exactly. exactly. But, even though I don't, we have some housekeeping because we're we're recording here. So so we've got on we've got some housekeeping. So so happy New Year, Francesca, Rob, Martin. This is our prediction. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. Welcome.
4: <laughs> Competing with um, Lady Gaga and Joe Biden and like. You guys are really confident on your audience stuff given the alternatives,
2: right? I'm yeah. gonna spare you my singing. So in, this so is, is the inauguration
0: happened. episode. This is the inauguration is.
1: episode. I've got my Johnny Walker black. My nice, nice. <laughs> nice. All right. You, trying to find
3: you, you, right here. you really,
1: you really needed this after the last four years. I just huh? you know, I, I just found it under my CFO's desk
3: time <laughs> to don't double what? check the numbers I don't know if that's good news or bad news
4: <laughs> Robert, are you on dry January is that a real are you
2: really doing
3: that that what I am um, oh really I'm not sure whose stupid idea that was but I am
2: um, <laughs> what are you doing I'm, that's unfortunate for you
0: <laughs>
3: dry, dry January
0: oh all right all right well it's <laughs> and
3: it's also what one one by you, 1 p.m., 2 p.m.? I can't even do the yeah, math. Yeah, it's one, not one. One. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. T- this isn't the tempting hour of the day. We're doing dry January and low-carb month, so. Oh, it's a whole what? Sl- are you
2: a masochist? Why would you it's do a that?
3: a whole, whole slew of deprivation. You weren't angry enough? <laughs> <laughs>
2: 2020 didn't kick your butt enough? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah I, I, i'll just say i overindulged in q3 and q4 and this, was, this was necessary yeah, this is an intervention you you uh you, you uh, can, you can, can admit self that that. Self-imposed. <laughs> self-imposed well
4: at, at
0: least let, let's have pretend uh, whoever has a drink so um to yeah to happy Thank inauguration and
1: lots of clubhouse lots
0: of lots of yeah well i'm gonna try to wean off that addiction for uh, after a while but to set the stage Stage why why we're all here and we started talking about this so marty nicely tagged all of us to have a discussion of what health excel put together as predictions
4: so i'm gonna drink (laughs) it was it was um
0: but but we can do both
4: keep going keep going yeah so You know, I
0: I also don't want us to go for an hour and our listeners and viewers get bored. So my suggestion would be, Marty, and I'm gonna put you in the spot a little bit, maybe take us through the the few that you put together and then we can all kind of vote on one that we can kind of banter on a bit more in more detail. Um, And the challenge is, I don't know how much arguments we're all gonna have. We needed like a Matthew Holt or Vishal or, cause you know, Um. anchors.
4: Yeah, okay. Well, I can try and be the contrarian if that's what you want. <laughs>
0: oh, I'll try to be one. I don't know. Okay, yeah. you, can try,
4: you can try. Okay. All right. So this was, um, this was a piece of work that we just did with our partners Evolution Road. And usual, you know, what what does 2021 look like? And we just tried to make it digestible. So we just, we, we tried to boil it down to no more than five. So we got we got everyone to agree with five and then what I think might be interesting about it is we probably will, I suggest we'll probably agree with most of the stuff, but it will probably be around the timing. I think will be the interesting part, you know, um, do we actually think this stuff is going to happen land this year Uh, or maybe we don't, maybe we won't agree. I don't know, but anyway, let me, let me jump into it. So the first one is health at home is the future. I don't know if you want to do a, a poll or a vote on these. Right, that's just the first one. Um,
0: I'm I'm writing them down and then we'll you know right, really, keep we'll
4: rolling. Okay. Second <laughs> second one is um end end to end care models bridging physical and virtual will become the norm. Mm-hmm. Third one is decentralized trials will leverage digital biomarkers. Might, people might disagree with that. This one I think is interesting. Pharmacies will position themselves as the community hubs bridging digital and, uh, and physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last but not least, this is one after your heart, Eugene. Disruptive uh, prescription digital therapeutic distribution models will surface.
0: Okay. 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 Can I... Can I chime in on one? And sorry, Francesca, and unless others feel differently. To me personally, the decentralized trials and biomarkers, it's like, it's a given. There's no other choice anymore for pharma. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. Um, And so I, unless there's like a real contrarian view on it for us to debate on, um, I'm I'm I'll be the
2: contrarian on this one.
0: (laughs) Okay, go for it. So do, do your quick contrarianism on it, because I,
2: yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think if not now, never, but but it may be never because, um, you know, the technology has been out there for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of companies in this space, you know, is is has expanded, probably doubled year over year. And. Um, and, and I'm not seeing really remarkable changes with how our clinical trials are, are being managed. I'm seeing a, a couple of cool examples of decentralized trials, of, um, of opportunities where pharma is really utilizing technology that's existed for years. But even when there are huge delays in a time of, of a pandemic, I'm still seeing a lot of reticence to, to change.
0: And I'm, and, I'm cu- and I'm curious why, like, is it culture? Is it that, you know, it's people just not cultured. familiarized? okay.
2: It's, okay. it's culture and, and risk aversion because no one wants to, to risk their phase three blockbusters study on something that may not work or on something where the quality of the data may not be what they expect. Even though it's been proven that it, it can be Right. Um, so I think it's fear
1: and it, it, the, the business model, I'm going to go with Francesca's contrary view here on this one is, uh, the business model is not, is not changed at all. Right. Like the underlying, like, you know, the business model of supporting clinical research, how the economics work, um, will be the same in the year, you know, so they might yeah. add these things as augmentations and efficiencies and a way to sell an in innovation, but um that it, it will, might happen over time but the business model and the need to change the business model isn't there right like that yeah they don't really and need what, to change the are
0: you talking model. about the pharma pharma business model or like you know we had michelle from medible right i mean she fits right, right into this whole thing i mean they're blowing up in a positive way right um right so, right. so, so, yeah, so
2: it's a really good example of it working
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's a good example yeah. of it working. you know
2: so, um,
1: <laughs> just being cognitive, uh,
0: cause I know we don't want to spend too much time on, uh, diving on each one Here's, I am going to make a suggestion, uh, because if I look at disrupting DTX, I'm going to send all the listeners and viewers to my DTX podcast, unless you really want to. Okay. Marty, go ahead. Fine.
4: I think, I think Francesca raises a really interesting point. Like, I really want to dig it. I'd love to dig into that a little bit because it's no. so frustrating. No, I can't. <laughs> no,
1: I'm kidding. Go ahead. Go, go, ahead. ahead. <laughs> go ahead. It is you. You gotta. You know,
0: you know <laughs> go that you know what's gonna happen. That's gonna eat in into uh, our happy hour okay. anyway. So that's you know <laughs> so I'm be, trying to put be. some time limits to like okay. you know 35 minutes for the episode, and I think with everybody here, I'm just honestly curious. Like so. First of all, absolutely, Let's. I, I, this it. is a great argument. It's been there. My, my suggestion was going to be disrupting DTX and um, listen to the podcast. I, I'm already like 14 episodes as far as recording from you know, uh, some of the early trailblazers, the new trailblazers, et cetera. But this is not a pitch for that. And um, I'm actually curious how you guys see the end-to-end care model Uh, Because to me, actually, pharmacies are also part of that. And as a matter of fact, um, like, you know, CVS Minute Clinics, you know, or is it we had Scott uh, last week, right, Jim, uh, with primary health, primary care. So to me, actually, disease management, you know, end-to-end care, non-hospital care, uh, primary health uh, clinics, this is all kind of merging, right, Um, from a user and and end-customer. Patient experience, right? I to me that's the fascinating discussion. But I I don't know how you guys like. I don't care. I'm just hanging.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> so the the uh, what's the prediction there? That it's it's going to happen, Martin. Is that the prediction?
4: Yeah, that's the prediction.
1: The prediction is and okay, Rob. <laughs> Rob, unpack that for us. Would you? It, sorry. Okay,
4: so. The deals that you see, like if you, Rob can probably talk about this better than me, but the, you know the Lavongo story that's painted in terms of taking this uh, proven model for diabetes and putting it, uh, you know, across the whole spectrum, you know, and and I think that I think they did a really nice uh, story of like how how can you combine the different elements and COVID kind of kick-started that. But, um, you know, I think there is an acceptance, certainly at an investor level, uh, to look at these new new models and say, well, we understand how to manage this disease, and it doesn't involve lots of expensive real estate and expensive clinicians, you know, that we understand how to codify that, and we know how to put the whole thing together. And so, I mean, Rob and Rob, Rob, going can talk a lot better about this than me, but that's that's the that's the nirvana right and and it would seem like you know there's lots of things in healthcare that make sense that don't happen just because the incentives aren't aligned mm. so i think that's probably the interesting part of it is like do do we think that the incentives are now starting to get aligned that the patient and the physician and the payer are all in the same spectrum or do, or do we think that that's still like a nice thing but it's not going to happen
1: rob rob give us the wisdom here
3: bring in some yeah, he wants to talk about uh, clinical trials. Yeah, I hear there are these things called these CROs and these virtual trial things that might be important, but uh, I don't know. Um, actually, I think there, there are there probably two axes to think about this. Well, one is ge- actually generational, like when we think about how people consume and access healthcare and we get out of you know um, uh, out of the current environment. Uh, people who are on in years or are used to seeing their physicians in person and have a personal relationship there and are complex and may have multiple clinicians. So they have a PCP, they have a GI person, they have a cardiologist. Like, I, I'm uh, pretty confident those people will relatively quickly revert back to that care modality because it's comfortable for them and it's right. built on a personal relationship. I think as generations turn, and you get younger, the more and more you have the ability to connect the dots between off and online um, and create continuity of care. Then, so I think that's one of the one of the axes. I think the other one we think about is clinical versus non-clinical. So what's interesting is <laughs> Martin brought up Lavango, I don't love to harp on that, but one of our key tenants there was how do we keep people out of the doc's office, out of the system? Like once the system gets a hold of you. you know, all bets are off, right? Like, you know, you're into lab tests and diagnostics and imaging and lots of doctor visits, and it's expensive and confusing, and the care journey is disjointed and not integrated. Versus there, we thought, like, if you actually get in front of these chronic conditions and provide people with the tools, information, and better self-management, we could prevent that. And so I think, you know, there are Sort of, let's say, less clinical interventions that have been successful across the board, whether it's around obesity or behavioral health or um, chronic uh, GI disorders, uh, diabetes, et cetera, where people can use these to keep themselves out of acute care um, and within the four walls. Um, I think once you are in the four walls, it's a different it's a different model, uh, and it's. To TBD to see how consumers react um, to sort of the online and offline integrated model. And then I think the last piece of it is how have you been trained as a clinician, right? I think everything we figured out a year ago is that clinicians had never really practiced in this virtual world, nor had been trained to, except for people who are like already uh, clinicians of like a Teledoc of the world or an MD Live or an ML. But we basically forced all the providers overnight to become virtual care providers and without any training. So I think some of them have gotten used to it and are comfortable that it creates better care continuity. Um, but the workflows change and, and the person. And, the and, they're, and they're moonlighting between the Teledoc and the MWell yeah. and et cetera. Yeah, right? they, I mean, I know there's they are, no uh, fixed you know, platform. Right. But if, if they're seeing in the US a patient. Um, for six or seven minutes at a time. And actually, what was the call, Martin, we did with on the dermatology side where one of the derms, the woman who was in the Czech Republic said like some of the derms, see like it was a crazy number. It was like, like 30, 40, 42, patients
2: a day. 60 yeah. patients a day or something. Yeah. was a
3: crazy number. So if that's what you're seeing, like who's the other person who's dealing with like the email requests or the texts or whatever electronic continuity there is. is—like There's no time in the day. So I think there's some workflow so, issues.
0: So talk to me. I mean, again, I'm going to refer like we had Scott, but one medical and others. So that's one aspect, right? And their whole thing is also two employers, primary health, not care, That's yep. sort of the renaming of this. Then you got yep. the platform or the pipes as Intellidoc and Mwell, that are buying, I'll say content driven companies, right? Uh, like a Livongo. Where's that handoff is, is, is something like a one medical truly becoming the front door and then passing it on to still care management slash reversal. And then, you know God forbid, then you're inside the system and that has its own bulk. Is it all merging together? That to me, that's why I kind of grabbed on the end-to-end care and even the pharmacies, which are a big component of all of this throughout are sort of part of that journey. Look at minute clinics, right?
1: And uh, yes. it, it sounds Ready like the ocean. from listeners, yes, yes,
2: yes, and yes, and yes, yes. yes. And yes. yes but, <laughs> but I would say it, it almost, it depends because it, it depends on on the, the patient's condition because there are some conditions, you know, like the ones you mentioned Robert that are, that can be modulated via behavioral health where I think this can have a huge impact and keep patients out of the system. But if it's not, and those tend to be ones that are more multifactorial, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, you know, and, and the big ones and the ones that are responsible for the lion's share of the health healthcare system costs. But what about the others? Like I th- you know, I think there, there are some conditions that are, are more amenable to, to these sort of interventions where you can see a patient really being treated end to end. And it's more, you know, chronic disease maintenance, but how do you deal with um, the patients coming in the first time is, are they just triaged by these different approaches and then they have to get into the system eventually or... You know, so i think there's almost another access it's it's but what it, is the patient it, it, presenting
1: with doesn't it feel like the system's only you know with all these you know, with these successful new companies coming into it and carving off another piece and offering something more innovative or more effective or showing that just fragments the system even more and more and more yeah. and set end to end versus you know single-payer systems like like what we have here Yeah. You know? Europe, and so. will it
2: ultimately be ma- like governed by the payer system? So if, if right. you and I have a different private insurance, will we be going a different path?
1: Right, right. So it's not happening, right. Martin, that prediction's not happening. Time
4: to come back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> which,
1: which one? We were all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> the end to end, no chance, end to end. It's gonna be, right. it's gonna be end to middle to back to end, back to middle no. there.
3: <laughs> I think the right. other piece that, that matters is data. Uh, right. And, and so, one of the things we've learned in a number of businesses is the value of real time longitudinal data and how that directs some of this activity. Right. You know, so to your point, Francesca, we are definitely, we definitely saw people who had their diabetes under control and they didn't need to go see their endo every three months. Right. But they were still going because before they had real time data, that was the standard of care. But the problem was, is they were taking valuable appointment times that those people who were in worse shape and not controlling their condition should have been getting access to. Um, But in the absence of real, it's the same thing I think about the golden, the holy grail of uh, continuous BP monitoring. Like the idea that you go to your PCP, or cardiologist or something, and they take your BP at a particular moment in time. And that dictates what high blood pressure medicine you get put on Mm -hmm. for hypertension. Like what if you had longitudinal BP, you know, real-time data that would, it would fundamentally change what we thought about how we treat heart disease and and, uh, and hypertension, but we're it, early there. But I think that will also dictate sort of who goes the less acute route and who goes the more acute route. Um, it,
1: it and the also, more data, the better. Like The sharing of the data, like I think, like I saw, like um, someone was telling me, like there's an Irish company that was advertising in the U.S. around their COVID testing, like let's get checked. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, let's you know. get checked let's get check started off doing um sexual health testing right yep. and so their whole premise was like hey you know you might not want to go you know, you might not want to sit in a hospital waiting for your, you know, in the Irish market for yeah. waiting for your, you know, your your exams to you come know, back. You know. <laughs> but but they went in, so it was yeah. like, bump then out. Friend, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so so I, I thought this is a good one to bring up. But the um, <laughs> but it, you know, but you know, you might not like if so. Now they're doing COVID tests. Like you know, do I want like if I'm so, so say you have COVID. Like, do I want to share that with my whole system? know or do i you know as the holder of the data want to hold that data back you know from it so the patient
2: that's how a lot of telemedicine started as well um you know it was sexual health because you know people would take a a picture and send it off because it was a lot easier than going to you know your your pcp that you've known since you were in college so um Don't get any yeah.
1: ideas, Martin. No can, we back,
2: can we
4: come back to the I, question? I, <laughs> can, we back, can, we, can we come back to the question, though?
1: <laughs> what was the question it's not again? <laughs> not, <laughs> to, it's not it's about,
4: Next Jim prediction. Jameson had sexual health for some reason that I don't
1: know. <laughs> no, no. I just, yeah, I, we just realized your prediction is it's not happening.
4: No, we're just we're just going to dive into it, Jim. It's like, we got to. This is compli- This is complicated stuff. It's not, you know. So Rob Ra- Ra- mentioned about the different types of, you know, whether it's, you know, older generation or younger generation, yep. or whatever. And then Francesca mentioned about the different types of conditions or whatever. The, there was a thing today, um, K-Health raised 130 million mm-hmm. or something. Yep. And so one of the, I remember when we were in Australia, like last year, wherever was, at one of the pediatric hospitals, they said like these, these, these kids literally are digital natives. You know, And so when we talk about this end to end, I'm really curious what you guys think in terms of whether, um, whether, like, whether we'll see the adoption happening with the digital natives, whether like pediatrics, which has been an area that's been kind of, you know, always been the kind of area that hasn't got a lot of money and blah, 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 whether we think that's going to, or whether we think there's other parts of the population or different diseases that are going to um, really really kick on and and sort of adopt
2: these models that's interesting i was talking to to lisa just the other day about investment in pediatrics and and um and how little of it there is because you know it's hard to it's hard to scale i think uh, because people it's not really causing pain in the system yet i mean it, it tugs at your heartstrings of course right and as parents you know we can all relate to that but it, it's not really a pain point for for the, the health system, so. I,
0: I also think we're we're outside, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm gonna speak for myself, but we're outside of that age group that we can make a
3: prediction for digital natives. I mean, speak for yourself, seriously. <laughs> That's why I did say uh, it, I'm this speaking is, for myself, this but is fake. I, I, I brush it on every morning. <laughs>
0: So um, I'm, I'm, I'm always the timekeeper. I'm trying to like box us into that 30, 35 minutes. There's one left, I think, um, maybe we can just touch on uh, health at home. I mean, it all kind of melts together, right? Um, obviously through the journey, health at home, so, health
1: at home. So the prediction the prediction is what? Is that the health at home, what happens Martin this year? What's your, what's your prediction?
4: Yeah, so I think we touched on a little bit of it already. Um, about diagnostics at home and and so we talked a little bit about let's get checked right so you know what if you could why wouldn't you do the diagnostic at home
1: but you know so so this year it it it's kind of a bold prediction because we all can't leave our houses right now
4: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> so if you're looking for a layup you know, <laughs> yeah, you know this might be a no, that's
4: the first part. The second part is on the key <laughs> side, and we predict that patient care is going to shift from the traditional hospital setting to from the ward to the safest, the most convenient place. So again, that's a very broad statement, and it's it's designed to get reaction. <laughs> so, so I think what's interesting is you know, within all of the different conditions and all the different age groups and different geographies, I, I'd be really curious if people think that's gonna happen. Like we think it is, but we're putting it out there really just to stimulate debate rather than, you know, anything else.
2: In Spain, yeah. at least it has happened. So they send doctors to your house rather than um, then you going to the, to the clinic, which surprised, as an American, surprised the bejesus out of me when I called <laughs> our local, um, our local clinic and they said, all right, well, someone will be there in two hours. And I'm like, for what? And then, you know, they came and with all their gear and, and they were gone in 10 minutes. It was, it was incredible, but um, so, so it, it is happening. Good.
0: And I know Sanitas here uh, is heavily pushing uh, their blau, right? The the telemedicine platform as a first point of contact. So at home, sitting at home, and I know again, it's the telemedicine part of it, but yeah. uh,
2: But this yeah, was even, uh, this was the public system, even. Mm. Which was
3: approaches. Well, first of all, yeah, yes, the short answer is in the US it's definitely happening um, heavily on the home health side for, for seniors, and that's not new. Um, uh, I would say it is interesting. We're seeing both house calls, um, for things like primary care and vaccinations and sick visits, um, or even physical therapy. Um, and actually I just talked to a company a couple of weeks ago that's building out a platform for home infusion, uh, around oncology, which is highly lucrative in this country. Um, and I know that Davida is working on home dialysis. And so there are a lot of things like that really clinical moving to the home. Um, what I think though, will be interesting is some of them particularly around uh, things that could be done via telemedicine, it's driving convenience, but it doesn't seem to be driving, co- it's not changing the cost model. No, right? No. And so, so like, you know, that's the next part, right? We want things that are convenient, but it's like, as I say, it's evolution, not revolution. You know, it's right. like, okay, it's better for me as a patient, but I still have a doc calling me unless you can send a nurse practitioner and there are 20 other people within a three-block radius of me. Otherwise, right. you reduce the density and the number of people that clinician can see every day.
0: But okay. I wonder, actually, and I'm going to be the the contrarian in this one, um, like home home dialysis, right? Um, because how many uh, missed appointments, uh, as an example, or a patient couldn't get to, uh, to the center, right? So I actually think there might be something there around driving the course right. out, not just the convenience of it.
3: True. Yeah, I mean, I I ran infusion stuff too. There's missed appointments, and there's also you're putting lots of people in a room with compromised immune systems.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. I I ran a home care company for years, as you know, that was point point of care. We ran, and your most expensive asset, your your primary cost, is your most expensive asset is in a car, um, trying to get to the location in order to perform one procedure. You know, so 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 in certain circumstances, that makes tons of sense. Um, And tons of it, it's just literally convenience or managing it. So, so it's one of those things, it's kind of a luxury, you know, it it seems to me it can be a luxury and if it's a necessity, um, you know, if you're doing it, but if you can get the people to travel, if you can get people to travel to a central location and deliver the care and not get them sick in the process.
2: Or drive through care, you get your Starbucks and then your annual on the the way.
0: (laughs)
1: Right, exactly.
0: exactly. Hey, it started with... uh, I, I forgot that we're not supposed to say, we said COVID like three, 13 times. Did you say it? <laughs> it was on you. I remember it you was, holding up. It, the it was all on me. It was all on me.
4: <laughs> Is this like Life of Brian when the guy says Jehovah?
3: Is that A, <laughs> <laughs> a great reference.
1: That's so so a great home, home care, so so I think mixed feeling end to end isn't happening next year. Mixed feeling about the uh the home stuff, like.
2: Is this, like, I think it'll happen. The question is, will it persist? Yeah.
4: Yes. Yeah. No. But it's I mean, a Remember trip. how
3: much infrastructure has already been built and invested in, right, you know, and, and is being underutilized right now at the ambulatory and PCP level. In pharmacy,
1: babe, you've made a prediction on pharmacy that what's going to happen is going to disintermediate us. Are
4: you just going to argue with it, Jim? Is that, like, is that what's going to happen
1: here? I'm, I'm trying if, to if, make this if, the, if, the if, shortest episode with the most if, people Martin, Martin, we're delighted to have you. Just smile with the traditions. We're delighted to have you. You're very welcome to my house. Very, if you want to argue with me, you can argue with me. Listen,
0: it's the it's 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 the combination. I mean, look, Aspen Rx, right, raised another 23 to 25 mil, right? Like it's a sort of remote on-demand pharmacists helping people through their adherence and drug drug utilization. The clinics will still stay there, CVS's of the world. So I, I think that that part um, will position themselves as a hub. I think in a combination of right. So, yeah, that's guys, best, that's best uh, best. thirty-five minutes. This, if we can end this now, this I think will be the <laughs> shortest episode with the most people. We can do it. <laughs> wrap. Wrap it up, any
1: I think that's it. I think I think that's it. We've got some great predictions. We got some contr
0: contrary. Not, not we got some contrarians in here, you know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> forcing our way through. So um, on, on that note, to the viewers and the listeners, hit that subscribe button. This is the year, Jim. This is the year we're going Joe Rogan style.
1: Yeah. What's your final <laughs> final comments there? So inauguration day. Congrats, everyone.
0: That's it. Looking up. Looking up. Looking up. Long
2: last.
4: <laughs> All
2: right.
4: <laughs> Curios.